Fantastic. So hello again, uh, everybody. Welcome to the newest episode of the Inside Data Series podcast. Uh, today, I am lucky enough to have a finalist from the British Data Awards in the category of Data Leader of the Year uh, 2021, uh, Abel Abo, joining me. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Abel, for taking the time to, to speak to us uh, today. Uh, could you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, thanks, Mike, um, for having me. Um, what a great podcast. Um, so good to see KDR team striving and doing really, really well. I'm so delighted to, yeah, to see that. Yeah, for everyone um, that don't know me, my name is Eba Labo. I am a data leader, a speaker. Um, I'm really passionate about data and um, data management. I'm not just in the UK, but across the globe. Um, I pretty much am a self-confessed <laughs> data management influencer with really um, unique um, cross-functional experience with HR and data management and what's in different industry. Um, I'm pretty much intentional about transformation, people, process, technology, and data as an integrated system. I believe that data management is a science and also an art where people, human psychology, and relationship are so important. So for me, my passion is about demystifying what data management is about and the component of it and how we can help business users unlock the value of data and bring that to the organization. So I'm just delighted to be here today. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, so we'll just just get straight into it. Um, I know you meant, I mean, you mentioned it then, but and you've covered it off a lot of a lot of times before in interviews and talks and stuff. Um, it's really interesting um, and it gives context a little bit to where you are now. But how did you end up in data after spending time in HR? Oh, that's a great question. Um, it's one that I get asked a lot of times um, because it's quite unique and unconventional. Um, very early in my career, basically, in HR, I recognized the power of data, um, pretty much supporting senior HR leaders in the businesses I worked um, to provide them the data to do their day-to-day -day job. Uh, remember, um, as a placement student in Commerce Engineering Company, which is the 14500 um, global company. I was helping the HR director um, with, to get data that she needs. And fast forward um, for me into working in BAE systems, um, you know, in the neighborhood business as well, both in Portsmouth and Glasgow, um, just understanding the power of data in HR um, from sickness absence data to helping them in terms of organizational design, succession planning, resourcing, and workforce management. So data is a big, big key. And um, whilst I was in BAE system, um, they were undergoing a massive transformation and data management is one area they wanted to get right. So they were looking for people to understand people and create relationship down to the business. And I was one of those people. And ever since then, I made the transition into data management and I've not really changed, um, no looking back at all. And it's just been the right move for me. And the last decade, I've just been enjoying doing what I'm doing on a daily basis. So yeah, that's that's my journey. In Great. summary, brilliant. What what qualities do you think that early career kind of brought to your current role? I think for me, just um, just being around um, a senior person like an HR director that cover Europe, Middle East, and Africa, and just seeing that in order for her to engage with that stakeholders and audience, she needed data as well. Um, mm -hmm. So it's not just about just talking; it's about backing what you're saying with facts and evidence as well. And data can give you that component. But also within HR for me, basically just seeing the fact that you can use data and you can wrap up some business context into that and bring a picture 
you know, into there and people can understand you and come along with you on that journey because, you know, from a senior person, you're looking to influence people, you're looking to spare some direction and leadership and data is a very key component in order to do that. So, yes, so those are the, you know, things I would say in terms of quality and just paying attention to detail because you've got to get it right um, first time where necessary. So, yeah. Yeah. Build that trust in, in the data. Um, great. So uh, over the past few months, I don't know if you'd seen this, but um, at KDR, we've spoken a lot about kind of managing multi-generational workforces and the different qualities each generation brings, how they interact. Um, it's a time where there's a massive mix of different generations all working together. I think that's especially true in data management as well, uh, as it's evolved over the past few years. Um, your... Uh, HR back background must really help um, in that role when it comes to engaging with different parts of the business. But what do you think is the way forward in gaining kind of company buy-in for uh, data initiatives, whether that be at ground level with people starting off in their career or senior leadership team, you know, kind of spanning those generations? Well, that's a great question, Matt. Um, you are indeed, you're prepared, you're prepared for this and I'm loving <laughs> this as well. Um, you know, you talk about company buying for data initiative from ground level to SLT and senior leadership team. For me, it's quite simple. Uh, make it relevant to them. Uh, make it relevant. Show them the tangible value, you know, um, you know that is to, to, for them in terms of their business and the data, what data can bring to them. You know, not just relevance and value as well. You know, you have to be passionate about this. You've got to believe what you're selling. I say to people that we're salespeople, if you work in the data management space, you're all salespersons. Um, so you've got to be passionate about it. You've got to believe in it. And I think that for me also, it's very important for data management team and professionals to know that we ought to be change agent or change champion. You know, you, you, you have to become the change you want to see, you know, and, and, and if you don't do that, then it's quite difficult. So I talk about change management, being a change champion, believing in it, bringing that tangibleness where people can see the value and just be passionate about it. I think that's how you can, you know, support just not the ground level for SLTs as well across your business. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, so uh, not sort of only managing multi-generational workforces, but we're also thankfully, I guess, in a time where businesses are sort of striving for a more uh, equitable workspace. And I know you're a, a bit of a leader in ED&I. Uh, tell us some of your thoughts around how companies are tackling the issues around sort of inclusivity. Well, uh, I'm passionate about that personally um, because inclusion is not an evil word for me. It is fundamental. It is foundational on how, you know, company needs to operate or design, you know, um, personally, I wouldn't work in any organization that does not take the issue quite seriously, to be honest, um, or looking to tackle it. Um, and, and I think I'm not saying that for myself personally. I think most people would definitely be in that boat. But let me say this, an inclusive culture, an inclusive team, an inclusive leadership bring massive tangible value and massive advantage to workforce, businesses, and community. So, you know, the way I look at it, some organization can kind of play lip service with this sort of things, you know, jump on the bandwagon, like, for example, the Black Lives Matters and stuff like that. And but with that substance, so you can look at that as being a bit of 
you know, tokenism, which is okay, but they should do better. But I think for me, the other part is about organization just holding themselves accountable, recognizing that it is a business imperative, you know, and developing effective and pragmatic way, you know, to improve things across their businesses, you know, and operations as well, and the employee life cycle. You know, so for me, inclusion is a big, big part. And finally, let me just quickly say this story. I remember about five years ago, I started a group, an ERG, an employer resource group in BAE system. We started with just five people. And currently at the moment, they've got 250 members across the UK just in the last five years. And That's what amazing. that means is that I remember when I was making the case just to set this group, I just said, let us have a space where ethnic minority people can come together and have conversation and be able to participate. And that's what it's all about. And we started that group and the group has grown leaps and bounds as well. So for me, it's important to approach it really right. It is important not to do things around tokenism and you know, you're saying something, but actually you don't mean it. You know, yeah. be substantial about it, you know, tackle it. And then if you can create an inclusive culture and inclusive leadership and inclusive business, then you definitely get the reward for it. And that's true. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's amazing. That's a great story. I mean, I was going to go on to sort of say, like, there's a lot of, you, you do see a lot of tokenism and then people not quite, uh, you know, internally sort of sorting it out. So it's fine for a marketing department to understand it and believe it. But if the rest of the organization aren't, then, you know, there's there's some some things that have got to sort of change. How could data management itself help with with that sort of process? whether that the interview process, hiring process, that sort of thing? I think for me, data is very important, but data is not the only solution. Um, you know, I talked about the PPTD as well, people process technology and data. Um, how can data management itself help in, you know, with this process? Firstly, for me, they just need to ensure that the recruitment process, you know, which is the process that people get engaged in order to come into an organization is data-driven. You know, where the users of those processes and the people, that the key parties or the stakeholders, you know, they pretty much have good data literacy level, you know, is very important. Um, like I said, you know, it's simple in a way that let's demystify what data management is all about. You help people to know that data, you help them to trust the data and you help them to use the data confidently. Those are the three key things that's very important. But more importantly, I like the fact that you talked about the hiring process and expanding that as well, because you've got to think about your hiring process and how you can expand it across the various communities as well you want to attract. You know, in the data space, for example, we have a problem currently at the moment in terms of female attraction, you know, and, and placement, which is a huge problem, you know, and that's the reason why it is very, very important for people to really, really think about how they can step out and like I always say to people, one of the habits that you can and your data management team need to really imbibe, develop and embed is what I call social justice and mobility, social mobility, taking someone that might not have the opportunity and giving them the opportunity, training them to come into. So for example, I use an example, bringing a, a, a young lad or a young female from Middlesbrough, you know, to have the opportunity to work in the city of London, right? You know, that's a social mobility, you know, and, and, and participating in those things and being intentional about who you want to attract is very, very important. And I say that I think if data management can do all those things around the literacy level, 
ensuring that the data is right for the people to make decisions, you know, and expanding that also. I think that would create the right proposition and that would be useful for the organization. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, I talk to clients all the time. I think one of the main issues is, uh, you know, everybody needs to fill their vacancies yesterday. And that urgency creates a race to the to the the first candidate and ultimately that means you are targeting a a smaller segment of the talent pool so therefore you you know you can't talk about sort of having a diverse talent pool in that case because you just don't have the time to go out and kind of exhaust it and approach like you say the different communities and and stuff like that um such an interesting topic i mean it, it can sometimes feel quite uncomfortable you know, pushing outside of your comfort zone, adding your voice to a discussion like, you know, like around sort of ED&I and sort of sharing knowledge. I mean, what advice would you give to people who are wanting to kind of start sort of being heard and start contributing to that sort of thing? Honestly, you know, I must be honest, um, which is the greatest policy anyway, um, it is uncomfortable. It is, you know, it involves passion and hard work, right? I'm no doubt about that, but if you can do it, you know, I want to say to people more importantly, just to borrow from Obama's campaign slogan, yes, you can. You know, um, I do and say to people, you know, when they ask me this question, you know, first, when people say, Abel, I want to be, I want to contribute my voice. I say, well, I celebrate you. I like that. Please do. You know, I encourage them to do that because not saying anything, you know, not having your voice is not an option at all. You know, uh, and, and I do recognize that most people would possibly, you know, and I advise them say, go select whatever channels, you know, there are different channels of communication, you know, from face to face, online, whatever that is, you know, select whatever you're comfortable with. You know, it could be Twitter, it could be a blog, it could be, you know, a comment or a post in LinkedIn, it could be you've been in conferences, it could be you've been in industry roundtable, you can even make a TikTok video, you know, you can. <laughs> You know, whatever works for you, just do it, you know, contribute your voice, because to be honest, you know, we want loads of people to have their voice to this because we don't have the answers, you know, and the solutions is quite complex as well. So it's important for people. And finally, I say to people, don't be critical about yourself. Don't worry about how you sound, you know, if your accent or whatever. Don't, don't be critical about yourself because trust me, your audience won't be at all. And perfection is not the destination here. It is a journey, right? So enjoy it. If you have something to say, please come on board and say it in whatever channel, you know, and then certainly you'll be, you'll be glad that you're contributing your voice as well. And, and, and that's just what I say to people, honestly, concerning this topic and when they do reach out to me. Yeah, yeah, nice. I mean, it's, a, it's an education all around, isn't it? I guess it's, if you just stay quiet, you're never going to learn. I mean, if you, you know, don't be scared to, I guess, um, you know, say something to then, you know, understand and learn, uh, you know, from that experience. So, no, that's great. Um, fantastic. Um, the last few years has been a bit of a whirlwind in the data industry. Don't know if you'd agree with that. but um... I do. <laughs> I do, yeah. What do, you, uh, what do you reckon the biggest trends in data will be in the next sort of 12 to 24 months? Well, Matt, I don't have a crystal ball. Um, okay, so I'm not a future reader or, or whatever in terms of, you know, but I think the next week, 12 or 24 months will be interesting, 
right? Um, you know, I mean, we're dealing with different level at the moment, not just in Europe, but across the world right now, you know, from Ukraine war to name of all sorts. But I think when we think about data for me, ESG, you know, environmental, social and governance would be a massive, massive part. You know, um, just imagine, you know, global asset under management over 50 trillion, and that's going to grow, you know, double or more, obviously, in the next five years to about 250 trillion dollars. So for me, you know, ESG is a big part. So things like data quality, which is important, governance, you know, data standardization, reporting and all that, that would be part of ESG story as well, because you can't talk about ESG without data. You know, data transformation will be really important as well. So for example, you know, the Bank of England and FCA, we're working on a joint unique program right now, which is about 10 years program, which is about how we collect data from industry right? We're going through that at the moment, you know, and we're stepping into phase two, that's going to change massively. And I think when you think about government as well, government certainly is going to be collecting more data, you know, that's a great um, piece that Larry Elliott, you know, from the Guardian, you know, the economic editor, he wrote about how policymakers would need more data in order to, you know, do what they need to do in spite of the privacy issues as well. So for me, I think that that's really going to be important. Data ethics will be great as well, will be something people will be talking about um, because, well, the EU will be coming up with the artificial intelligence regulation as well, just like GDPR, how GDPR changed the landscape. You know, the artificial intelligence regulation will change the landscape as well. That's a game changer. So not just EU countries, but countries outside EU as well, you know, will be part of that. And finally, I think there's going to, we're going to see massive investment you know, in terms of data management capability, you know, from senior leadership role to entry level, because trust me, if you put out, you've got five data job, you can't fill that overnight. You know, no. it's difficult, you know, so why? Because there's it. a bit of lack of talent <laughs> and also sometimes organizations can't articulate what their employee value proposition is, right? So as a result, people just kind of like, oh, you know, when you see talented people, they're off in the market quickly. So there's going to be a massive investment in that area as well. So I think those are the things I can call out in the next 12 to 24 months, to be honest. I don't have a crystal ball, so don't take me to the market on this. But <laughs> look at those things, basically. You've said it now, Abel. That's it. You've, it's locked in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I agree. I agree with you. ESGs are absolutely massive. Um, <clears throat> 100%. I think... Um, uh, smart cities, IoT, that's going to be such a big thing over the next, not not necessarily two years, but definitely over the next sort of five years or so. Um, I mean, that adds a new data management element uh, to the table, doesn't it? I guess kind of managing all that sens sensor-related data and all that stuff. Um, but no, I agree with you. I agree with you. We just need a bit more um, governance around those interest rates and stop them going any higher. <laughs> I can't speak for I can't speak on that. Sorry, but you know, but let's see, let's see. It's interesting times. Absolutely brilliant. Um, so you're presenting later in the year at the IRM uh, Data Governance Conference and MDM Summit. Yes, yes, yes. I am. You saw that, yeah. Yes, I am. I did yeah. see that. Yeah, yeah. It's. Um, uh, I also saw that it's titled the uh, Key Habits of a Successful Data Management Team. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. Can you give I, us a teaser? Yeah, it's just a bit of a teaser. Since last year, I was clear about what I need to talk about this year with 
with you know within the data space. And I felt that the last 24 months have been quite difficult. But one of the things that's kept people going is about habits. So habits about waking up in the morning, go for your morning work, habits about doing some things, you know, because we're gonna be operating in a space where change is just gonna come so quick. So I just wanted to encourage and also have my voice, you know, about how I can help data management professional, you know, to create the right habit that can help them and their team as well. So I'm just going to be sharing what I've observed, what I've seen, you know, that works and just something that they need to consider. So for example, you know, um, just a bit of a teaser basically is about, think about personal development. Think about, I'm doing this podcast at the moment, but this is not my day job, but I'm doing yeah. it as well, contributing my voice. Think about communication. Think about inclusive culture, what that looks like. You know, think about change management. So those things as an habit helps you to be ready as a professional. And if you want to be successful within the data management team as well. So those are a bit of my teaser, but I'm going to say it's going to be fun. I'm looking, I'm excited about it. So yeah, if you want to register, please plan to register. Uh, I'm looking forward to have that um, speaking on the 18th of May in London. So yeah, I'm delighted. Fantastic. No, thanks for that. I mean, it's... Um... New ways of working, modern meetings, uh, it's all kind of going on, isn't it? And I guess at the end of the day, it's you've got to have a happy team to have a, uh, a performance team. So, um, no, good. Um, so, a uh, question about data management for you. Is it a bit too cyclical? Do we, oh, we've got some data quality problems. Let's try and sort those out. Let's leave it for a bit. Let's bring a new system or technology in somewhere in the business. Oh no, we've got some more data quality problems. How do you make the role of sort of data management, that sort of maintenance piece, how do you make that a bit more exciting? Well, that's a great question, Mark. Um, I think for me, it's just about the organization. Well, I would say this, um, just to give a bit of a short answer to that great question, Mark. First and foremost, you need to make data management a strategic priority. Right. No, every business, you know, it could be one man shop, you know, 1000 people, 10,000 people. You have to think about what is your priority. Right. And you need to have a strategic priority. So you've got to make data and data management one of that. And the second thing about that is that you've got to make it as part of a change management because we're responding to change in a very fast pace right now. And they say there's a saying that goes that change is the only constant thing. Right, and it, it is true, right? But I think final, not finally, you, you have to make it business as usual, right? It's not just a change proposition. You've got to make it business as usual in how you operate your business, you know, how, how you do it. But I think finally, you've got to make it everybody's business, right? It's not just a group of people. It's not the data management team alone. It's not just the technology team. Everybody from finance, HR, operation engineering all of them right you've got to make it everyone's business so for me that's the way you can actually not make it in a way that oh we've got data quality issues let's just deal with this right that's how you can actually get this working so strategic priority be part of your chain management proposition make it business as usual and finally make it everyone's business if you can do those four things that will save you loads of grief and stress as well yeah is is data literacy important in that or, or having a data it, it literacy is. Well, program what, important? Absolutely. So when we talk about everyone's business, you know, you've got to improve the data literacy as well, right? 
you know, you've got to train people, you've got to educate them and all that as well, right? You know, if it's a business as usual as well, that's part of it as well. So I'm not trying to use those words. You know, sometimes we, we data people where we're being accused to use words that doesn't mean anything, right? I'm trying to use words that people, so people understand what business as usual is for them. They know what they do on a daily basis, right? That would be part of it. They know, obviously, if that is, is part of their responsibility, that would be part of it as well. But I think strategic priority is very important because you've got to have to stay around senior leadership, not just senior leadership, but middle managers across the business. And because it's a strategic priority, it has board visibility, it has governance and all those good stuff that happen in organizations, both big, medium, and large um, and small organizations as well. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. What would your top tip be for um, winning the hearts and minds of maybe a, a difficult uh, customer when it comes to getting involved in data? Well, I, I did earlier talk about, you know, make it relevant to them, though, you know, but really important. I think one of the key things I say to people, data management is people management. It's heart and mind as well. So you've got to understand the psychology of humans and how you can get people on your side, you know, um, and, and, and I think it's very, very important as well. So you've got to make it relevant. You've got to make it on a personal level. You know, you've got to create the right relationship, take your stakeholders along the journey as well. So for me, data management, as good as we talk about it, is also people management, because if you don't get those things right, you will struggle. So I would say to people, and think about how you can manage people and what are the things that you do to manage people and engage your stakeholders. Think about those things. And communication is a big one as well. You know, and all those things together would help you deliver that as well. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Nice. Um... I mean, if you rely, if you could rely on like an internal comms team or internal sort of marketing, would you get some stuff out there, some videos, some content? I don't know that, that sort of thing. I mean, see, to be honest, there are most organisations there are three or four, or five different channels of communication. Right, you've got internal comms, you've got external comms as well, you've got internet page, you've got all sorts as well. I remember. And one of the organizations I worked for, we were trying to communicate the principle of data management, the seven principles that we had. We had to stick some of those posters in toilets as well. And that's we communicated, <laughs> yeah. right? Because who says communication has to be online alone? Who says that? You know, yeah. it's online, it's offline as well. So you've got to think about what really works for your organization and obviously what is going on in the environment as well. You know, because some people might not read the emails, but some people might just look at that um, that poster in the lift or, or you know possibly in the walkway as well you know you know so there are different ways so I think more importantly if it's marketing team if it's internal comms whatever use it as much as and there's no one way to do this thing just keep using all the channels that's available to you the most important thing is to ensure that the message gets to the right audience at the right pace at the right time. And that's just what it is. Yeah, yeah, totally. Brilliant. Right, uh, last question for you. Um, what do you want to see more from the data industry? Oof. Uh, that's a great one because uh, I just um, personally at the moment, I'm just into a role now where uh, I'm leading external engagement um, 
for this massive program I talked about, you know, the you know, transformation data collection. What I want to see, you know, from the data industry for me, I think is deeper collaboration, you know, and deeper connection, you know, not just with other industries as well. Okay. Um, you know, make sure that we're stepping out of our home, our house to other places to get people to know what we do and across the country as well. So it's not like, you know, an England thing or, you know, South England thing. No, it, it, it's across the, in the UK, it's across, it's across. So we've got to do that. A bit of creativity, you know, a bit of creativity and innovation, you know, that's what I would like to see. And better communication is very important. I think finally, it's about how we can drive social justice. I, I said that, I just put up a post um, yesterday and yesterday obviously was the election day, you know, and I would just say why people, why you need to encourage people to go out and vote, right? Because whatever happened outside your organization can affect us. Now, nine out of 10 times, COVID did not happen in our organization. It happened outside the UK and that affected us massively. So we can see that some things that happen outside organization or outside the community can affect us massively. So social justice is one you know, social and global mobilities and other piece. So I think those are the things I would like to see the data industry do, you know, deeper um, collaboration, creativity, innovation, better communication, and driving social, you know, justice and, and social and global mobility. And those are the things I would like the data industry to do, to be honest. Nice, nice. We're, we're, and we're pretty much set up to do it now. I mean, it's, it's a bit of a, there's been a bit of a catalyst over the past couple of years. COVID has been a bit of a driver to, make that happen i guess uh potentially absolutely so. absolutely just doing this podcast as well i mean these are these are artifacts that you're creating that the next generation can listen to it right i mean i might not be here i might not be doing the same thing but they can listen to it and they can still get some insight about it as well so we need to be creative and i think creativity is a big big thing you know how we can be innovative as well is a massive thing as well. So we need to keep doing that. You know, we shouldn't stop in our, you know, and just say, oh, we've done enough. You know, no, we need to keep doing that. Especially when I think about the young people coming behind, you know, how can we attract talent into the data space? You know, we've got universities now setting up data science degrees. Sometimes some of them are in postgraduate level, right? How yeah. come that cannot happen in undergraduate, right? How come, someone get a data degree in postgraduate, but then don't understand the fundamental data governance, right? Yeah. So you can see, so we've got a lot of work to do, but we need to collaborate better, you know, across, you know, other industries as well, higher education, media, you know, all sorts as well. And I think it's very important. Absolutely, yeah. All massive contributors to um, EDI, uh, closing the skills gap, uh, yeah, I mean that's such a big factor in all of those those things that we all talk about so much at the moment. Um, yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Well, Abel, that brings us to the end. Thank you very much. Um, real pleasure. Is that to, all? Uh, <laughs> catch it. That's it. We've done it. Um, yeah. So no, thank you so much. Uh, great to have you on the show. Good luck in all your upcoming speaking slots, and uh, obviously this big this big program you're you're leading on. I hope that all goes well. Thank you very much, Matt, for having me. Like I said, you know, want to echo again, you know, your KDR team are doing a fantastic job. Keep doing it, you know, keep breaking barriers as well. I read the latest stuff from Ben about 
the US stuff as well, you know, and this was all about, you know, and it's global. So keep keep pushing the boundaries. And thanks for having me. And I hope that, yeah, any feedback, any questions from your audience as well, feel free to reach out to me, connect with me on LinkedIn, Abel, Abel, A-B-E-L and A-B-O-H. I always get cheeky. My name is the second name, second name in the world or whatever that means, in and Abel. So yeah, just reach out to me and I look forward to connecting with you. Thank you so much for having me and have a good day. Thanks, Abel.